Hi, Awesomes. Welcome to another episode in our Extra Awesome series. From time to time, we take a break from our regular schedule to talk to interesting people doing awesome things. Today, I'm joined by the incredibly awesome author, speaker, and podcaster, Jamie Ivey. Now, most of you need no introduction to Jamie. She's the creator and host of the podcast Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. She's lucky enough to live in one of the best cities on the earth, Austin, Texas. And she's the proud mom of four kids and the wife to Aaron, who is the worship pastor at the Austin Stone Community Church. Jamie's debut book, If You Only Knew My Unlikely, Unavoidable Story of Becoming Free, releases today, January 30th, 2018. Jamie, welcome to Sorta Awesome. I am so happy to be here with your awesome ladies. All your awesomes. I love it so much. (laughs) I know they are going to be so excited to hear from you. And personally, I'm just so excited to get to chat again. It's been way too long. Way too long. And I'm just, this is so fun. Now, first of all, I always worry about my author friends during book release month, because I know it's not just a day, it's not just a week, it's a month of craziness. It's a lot of talking and writing and making appearances. And you are about to go on a good old fashioned book tour. Yes, so it's I a am. Lot. I am. It's nuts around here. Your I listeners guess. can't see me, but you can. And I have a fever blister and I get <laughs> fever blisters when I'm sick or stressed. And I've had both of those this month. And so <laughs> I'm just owning it. Like, I'm just like, ladies, listen, we can do hard things even with fever blisters on our faces. That's right. That's right. I'm the same way, except I get canker sores. In fact, on my wedding day, I had two of the biggest canker sores of my life from all of the stress. I don't know what's worse, the pain on the inside or the awful blisters on the outside where people can see them. Yeah, totally. Totally. Well, we're going to start talking all about your book, which is amazing. I cannot wait for this to be out in the world. We're going to get to that in a second. It's so great. But first, and I didn't prepare you for this question, but we started out the month here on Sorta Awesome talking about the importance of energy and how we need to be mindful about managing our energy. You know, Jamie, January is a time when we're all about like, what are are my systems? Do I have good time management systems in place? But I, for me, a personal revelation has been, I need to be more worried about managing my energy instead of just managing my time. So I'm so curious. You're a pretty highly extroverted person. Mm -hmm. And so in high energy times like this, what are you doing to kind of make sure you recover and take care of you? You know, that's a good question. And I am highly extroverted, but I also in situations where I'm around a lot of people or I'm at an event, like I did an event a couple of weeks ago um, where I was the MC of a conference. And so it was massive people for three days in a row. And the next day I just wanted to just lay around and do nothing. And so I recognized that in myself and I didn't recognize that a couple of years ago. And so now I prepare. I know that this is going to be crazy, crazy, crazy. And in fact, yesterday I had planned the whole month of doing nothing on that day because I can't, I don't have a lot of space in my time for the other parts of January to just take a day off because it's, there's a lot happening. And so, but I said the day before the book comes out, I didn't schedule one interview. I'm not doing anything. In fact, I looked at my husband a couple of weeks ago and said, can we just go on a walk or something or go out to lunch? Because I know I'm going to need a little downtime because it's going to pick right back up the next day. And so I'm trying to be better about scheduling that time to take care of myself. And that's hard. It's hard sometimes. 
It's so hard. I think that's so smart to actually put it on your calendar. Yes. Yeah. My husband always tells me, he's like, you cannot output if you're not inputting. Yes. And I struggle with that because I just want to go, 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 work, work, make lists, do things. And he's like, you're going to burn out. You can't continue at that pace if you're not inputting and whatever that looks like for you, whether that's rest or a massage or reading or spending time with friends. And so I'm trying really hard, Megan, to put that in my brain and say, this is important to do good work. You've got to rest. So true. And you know what I really love is that you blocked out time ahead of a big energy day. I often think of it in terms of, oh, I've got to make time. And I, I'm pretty good about this, about making time on the other end of something to, you know, like recover that energy. But that's so smart to go into it proactively. Like ahead of time, I'm going to be totally chilled out on this day to get ready for the big yes, release day. Yes, tomorrow, we did so. that over the holidays. We knew there was going to be a week where we didn't have the opportunity to rest because we had family and this and this and this. And so the week prior, my husband and I were just like, we're going to not do a lot of work and we're going to just chill with the kids because we knew what was coming. And so we're learning, you know, we're trying. That's all you can do. That's is right. Just learn as you go and mm -hmm. figure out what works. Perfect. Yeah. Well, speaking of perfect, truly, this is perfect timing for us to sit down and have this conversation. In our sort of awesome hangout community on Facebook, recently we've had a couple of different conversations come up with people expressing, guys, I want to do better about opening up to people in my life. Sometimes I can't even open up to my spouse, let alone friends. I genuinely don't know how to open up. I don't know how to get past my fear of being vulnerable of sharing things about my past, about what I'm currently struggling with. I don't know how to do it. And it's a real struggle. So real. I, yeah. I've been in friendships where it seemed like instantly we could just like open up the closets and just tell all the stories. But there are some other relationships where it has taken years before I felt like there was that comfort level where I could kind of like maybe crack open the door to the closet <laughs> a little bit. Yes, yes. <laughs> So, and it's really hard too. I think some people, I mean, my husband gets annoyed with me because if I call to cancel a haircut appointment, I end up telling the receptionist, like my whole family medical <laughs> history. He's like, you don't actually have to do that. You can right. just cancel the just appointment. cancel it. Yes. <laughs> but for other people who are maybe a little bit more private, it can be a struggle. So here we go. Your book, If Only You Knew. Jamie, this is a bold move. Your first book, you just threw open the door to any closet in your life and said, come on in. Let's tell all the stories. In If Only You Knew, you trace your faith journey from your childhood years growing up, what your life looked like in your teenage and college years, taking you on through to adulthood with trying to navigate the tension of some choices you made that didn't jive with what your outward appearance to the world was. Mm -hmm. You talk about becoming sexually active in your teens you talk openly about early pregnancies and early pregnancy losses when you were still in college. Mm -hmm. And just really, you just are an open book, really, in your first book here. This was such, I mean, truly so courageous for your first book to start here. What inspired you to start at the place of saying, okay, guys, this is all Jamie. I'm going to tell is. all the stories. Well, it's funny because it does seem so courageous to people that are just looking in. But to me, it was 20 years ago. And so for me, it's like I've been having these conversations in my real life for 20 something years. Well, maybe not for 20 something years, but the things that I write about, I experienced them 20 years ago. And so I have dealt with them and I have journeyed through them. I have like been in the mud with shame and guilt and fear. And I've come to the other side 
And so for me, it feels like I just want to share that you can get to the other side and that you don't have to carry this baggage around because I meet women all the time who have something from 20 years ago that is, it's like eating their insides away. And so for me, it is courageous. Yes. Now, what would be more courageous if I just opened up my whole store and like, how am I just messing up my life every day to day? You know, I haven't <laughs> right. dealt with that yet, Megan. So I'm going to, you know, get to the other side of those things and then I'll tell you about them in 10 years. But so for me, it is courageous, but I have so dealt with that stuff that it just, no, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't hard to write. It was very, very hard to write, to go back. Especially right. if you're like, I already went through this. Why have to go back? Yes. So it is courageous, but it's also, I already did the hard work. Right. Of walking through it, if that makes sense. Oh, it totally does. It definitely does. And I know you talk about in the book that as you began to write about, especially your experiences with the pregnancies that you had, that you later ended up losing both of them when you were in college, that when you first wrote about it online, that you were just kind of overwhelmed with how many stories you got back from women. Some of them related to situations that were similar to yours, but I think probably also related to stories that they had maybe never told anybody else. And here they were just finally able to share with you. I have a story too. And I'm wondering if that's who you kind of had in mind as you began to think about, okay, I've got this book deal. Am I really going to go there with sharing all of this? Yeah, that is totally what I thought about because, you know, the things that I walked through that were so hard for me, a lot of it had to do with then I entered into a marriage. He's my husband now. He's fabulous, wonderful. And he was a pastor at a church. And so I felt extreme unworthiness, which now in my brain, it sounds so silly. But at the time, it was so real to me that I felt as though I don't know if I deserve to be in leadership, all the things that are dumb right now. I can say that, but they were so real to my heart then. And so I meet a lot of women who just live in a lot of fear of if somebody knew this, would they think I'm a bad mom? Would they think I'm a bad wife? Would they think I'm an awful person? Or if you do work in ministry, would they think, how can she do that? Or how can she be a teacher? Whatever, fill in the blank what it might be. And so I did, I wrote that in mind because I remember the things that I share about, I had shared personally for years, but publicly, like you said, I remember the first time I shared about getting pregnant in college online on a blog and you kind of, you know, you've done the blog stuff. You hit send and just close your eyes and just go, absolutely. I don't know what I just did. Is this okay? But the people that express like, man, Jamie, like I, I will never forget one story. And I share, I, I don't know if I put it in the book, but I talk about this particular story a lot. She emailed me and she went to my church and they'd been at our church for years and she's a mama with little kids. And she said, I had an abortion. I've never even told my husband. And to me, my heart just broke for her because I know that that must be just this burden that she's carried for years. And she said, if you can say this, I can do it too. And so that's my book is like, Hey, here I go. I'll go first. I'm going to lay it out. I want women to be confident in their friendships and vulnerable with each other. And so that's what I did. I love that. That is so, you capture it all so well. And for those of you who are listening, I just, I can't recommend this book strongly enough because Jamie's approach to this, to telling her story and kind of weaving everything together is so approachable. It's so just like, yeah, not only do I know and have friends that talk like Jamie does and tell the same stories, this could be my story too. So approachable. In fact, Jamie, as I was reading your book, I could not help but to think about a book I read years ago. I don't know if you've heard of it. I feel like nobody has ever heard of this book. It's called True Faced. 
No. No. Okay. It's written from a Christian perspective, but it, it's the same idea of kind of like exposing our fears about getting vulnerable with people. It's called True Face. It's written by uh, Bill Thrall, Bruce McNichol, and John Lynch. Again, it came out in 2004. I read this probably in 2007. In fact, okay. I this was when we were living in San Marcos, just south of where down you are. Down the road from me. Just yes. Down the road. Some of my favorite years of my life were in San Marcos from, gosh, we were there from 2004 to 2008. Both of my daughters were born there. I just love it so much. And one of the reasons that I loved our time in San Marcos so much is because we had this very close, I was part of this very close knit group of friends. We met on Friday mornings at one friend's house who hosted, we called it prayer coffee. We'd Uh get together ostensibly to share prayer requests and drink coffee and have delicious (laughs) breakfast. But then Jamie, as women often do, when you spend time together through the weeks and through the months and through the years, you begin to open up Uh And tell these stories of what formed you, how you came to be the person that you are, the good, the bad, and the very Uh ugly. And so we figured, since we're sharing this intense stuff anyway, maybe we kind of need a guide. So one of our friends in this group had read this book, True Face. And there's this one paragraph I want to read to you. This is so weird, but I'm just, I feel like it really captures this whole essence of the vulnerability problem. Um, Again, this is from a Christian perspective, and they're talking about how from the beginning of mankind, when we have the story of Adam and Eve in the garden and going against what God asked them to do and how that brings shame into our lives and wanting to cover up our nakedness, authors say that day all humanity learned how to look over our shoulders, how to glance fervently, how to say one thing and mean another, how to hide fear, deceit, and shame behind a thin smile. That day we learned how to give the appearance we are someone other than we actually are, and we've developed it into an art form. And they go on to talk about how we all create masks for ourselves and what the process is like of actually trusting someone enough to take off your mask and be real with them. And I think that that's such a problem in this whole thing. Not a problem, but I think that that's like, that's the scariest part. Totally. Is when you first like... Is this safe? Can I even take my mask off with you? So for people who are listening, because I know you have all things vulnerability on the brain right now, what can you tell us to kind of walk us through? What does this process look like? Where do we even start in relationship to begin to reveal some of the things that we've been masking, some of the things we've been covering up and trying to hide, but are, like you said, really weighing us down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think vulnerability is so scary because we've probably all been hurt by it before. We have entered into a relationship. We have opened up, whether that's been, you know, a romantic relationship or a platonic friendship, we've been hurt. We've laid it all out and someone has not handled it well. And so that's valid. It's a fear. It's happened to us. But I just want to encourage people that that is going to happen because people are people and you're going to get hurt. But I'm always saying it's worth trying again. It's worth going there. It's worth doing it because the truth is we want to know that we're not alone. You know, it's why we see articles on Facebook that say, you know, I forgot to feed my kids dinner last night. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, me too. You know, I've been there. I've done that. Or I hate this part about myself. And I was like, oh my gosh, I do too. And so I think we're drawn to it. We want it because we want to know I'm not alone, but it's scary to say it because what if they don't understand. And so I'm just like, man, 
keep trying, keep going to those friends. Like you said, with your girlfriends, that happened over time. That's another thing. This most cases now, granted, we probably all had that relationship where we, you know, we went on one night out and we thought, oh my gosh, you are the best friend I've been waiting for. Yes, totally. But most best friendships, they evolve over time, you know? And so you kind of share a little bit and how do they handle it? My big thing is I want to encourage women to hear, not only do I want to encourage women to be vulnerable, but man, I want us to be women who handle that vulnerability with such care and such concern that we have people around us who know, you know, I can say this to Jamie and she's going to handle it. I picture with my eyes closed and my hands out and they're going to put their most sacred thing inside my hands. And I want to hold it as if it's like a newborn precious baby. And so, you know, I just want to encourage women to keep taking those little small steps and that when someone comes to you with that step, for you to literally, like you're holding their precious newborn, maybe even NICU baby, it's like the most precious little thing in their life, and to really take care of it. But I'll tell you, it's hard work. And it's something that I think we just got to keep moving towards. It is. And I want to come back to that. But first, I want to speak to the idea of kind of preparing ourselves for when people share their when people open the door to their closets and say, these are the skeletons that got hanging in here. They've been here a long time. Are you ready for this? This reminds me, we've talked on Sort of Awesome a couple of times about how to talk to your kids about sex and sexuality. And we had Leanne Gardner come on the show and she kind of said a similar thing to sort of prepare yourself to not freak out Uh about what they tell you. Yeah. And that that preparing yourself, this is a time when you actually do want to put a mask on. (laughs) Yeah. You play calm, cool, like nothing's going to shock you when they say it. You're like, I've heard this before, son. Yes, exactly. Exactly. This is a good mask to put on because you got, you got the good, you can tell me anything, kiddo. Mask on, but inside you're like having a complete meltdown. (laughs) For sure. For sure. But I do think it's good to actually kind of practice these things and to maybe in a close relationship as you become more, you know, comfortable and feel more safe with sharing some things to even say up front, like, wow, this is really surprising to me. I'm going to need a minute to process, you know, with those close friendships, maybe that would be a good kind of testing ground to say, okay, I realized this was a really big thing and I'm having, you know, I'm whatever, just kind of like acknowledge the fact that it can be a little bit awkward when we begin mm-hmm. to tell these stories. Yeah. yeah. So. And you know, I, man, I'm like in this book, like I said, this is 20 years ago, stuff that I'm sharing, but I want to be in the kind of relationships and friendships where I can say some hard stuff about like right now, like I want, I want to have, and I do have thankfully these friendships where I can call up my friend, um, Amanda or Voxer, you know, cause that's the new phone call these yes, days. Totally. I can leave her a message and just say, man, I am really struggling today with feeling like I don't deserve whatever, or my kid, I love them, but I do not like one thing about them today. And those are hard things to say out loud sometimes, but I think that they open up a space for my friend, Amanda, to remind me of what is true. And they open up a space for me to get it out because when I feel as though keeping things in is just a breeding ground, you know, and, and I'm a Christian. And so I feel like even keeping things in, it's a way for me almost even to kind of pull, like to lose that closeness with God even a little bit, because I'm just dwelling on this negative stuff, but just bringing it out, like, you know, to the world, (laughs) putting it in front is really helps in the healing. And, you know, People ask me all the time, they're like, well, Jamie, should I tell everybody everything? No, 
the things I write in this book, I dealt with with friends for years and years and years. And I just happened to be an author. And so I put them out there. But just find someone who you can kind of just share that stuff with. Absolutely. I really do think that it's so important to focus on the fact that it does take time and that there's a process there. And then, so people who are feeling wildly uncomfortable with opening up about some of the big stories, the big moments from their past, I think for me, what has worked is to share like a little snippet at a time and kind of test and see. Like a little breadcrumb. A little breadcrumb. Yeah. Exactly. Is this person going to receive my vulnerability? Are we in a place in our friendship where we're really ready to go to the next level? I've talked about and sort of alluded to the fact for years on the podcast that I come from a pretty highly dysfunctional family of origin. And sharing little stories along the way of real true life things that happen in my real family of origin to friends as I kind of, you know, sometimes I'll say it laughingly at first, like, oh, you are not going to believe this story. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> And tell a little bit. And I think sometimes when you show just a little bit of vulnerability, even if you're doing it with humor, it shows the person, first of all, this lady's got some stories from her past. She's got some things going on. And if she's willing to tell me about this crazy story or this hurtful story or this story that I would not have believed about her, if she's willing to tell me that, it makes space like, okay, maybe I can tell her this thing that happened to me, which I think you cover so well in the second to the last chapter of your book, where you talk about vulnerability breeds vulnerability. Yeah. I found that so often in my life, exactly what you just said of, I feel as though when I share a little bit, all of a sudden some walls are torn down. And so there's women around you going, wow, if Jamie struggles with that, and I would have thought she, for some reason, I would have thought, because no one knows you struggle if you don't say it. And so people do have these perceived ideas of perfection in someone's world. But when you say, actually, I'm struggling with this today. Actually, motherhood's pretty hard for me and I have to really work at it. All of a sudden people go, okay, well, if she can say that, I can say this, you know, and it's a safe place. And I just am always thinking, find those safe friends. And safe is something you just got to figure out. Like for me, one thing that I know if a friend is safe or not, has she ever said to me, oh my gosh, I got to tell you what this person told me. You're never going to believe this. Oh, That's not safe to me. Right. That's not a safe friend. Yes. Because my radar goes off all of a sudden of, well, if she's telling me this, right. this isn't safe ground. Yes. And so, you know, you can figure out how safe are they going to be just by what are your conversations about? Are your conversations always about what somebody else did? Or I can't believe what this girl did. Because when we set that kind of temperature and friendships of I cannot believe what she did, well, it just makes it where I don't think I don't feel safe sharing this because she's going to think less of me as well. And so I think that when we set up our communities where we are going, not I can't believe that she did this, but man, I wonder how she must be really hurting right now, you know, and looking at things from a different perspective other than I would never do that. Mm. My kid would never do that. My husband would never, you know, whatever. It just sets us up for failure. It sets us up for so much just unsafe harboring of stuff because we're afraid of what people are going to say about us. That is a fantastic point. I had not even thought about it from that perspective, but that is a great sort of parameter to use. Uh -huh. You know, how yeah. have I how have I already experienced this person in friendship? And most of us have that thing in our gut, in our intuition that says, 
you know, either like green flag, yes, you can go ahead and trust this person. They've presented themselves as being really reliable. And then there's times those red flags, when those red flags come up, we got to listen to those. And yes. And I think the fact that somebody is, you know, kind of like, you are not going to believe this. <laughs> yes. Which is like, it's hard because there are some things that I'm like, oh my gosh, you're not going to, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I think that you're right. We know in our gut, whether this is a just like a, a laughable thing that we can all kind of be a part of, or whether this is someone who is totally throwing someone under the bus behind their back and judging them and making everyone else think about this as well. Right. So, so true. So I love all of this because I think that, again, for some people, again, I think that you hit the nail on the head. A lot of us have been burned in sharing in the past, and that makes us hesitant. I think too, Jamie, and you definitely talk about this in the book, I think that some of us start to really believe we're the only ones that yeah. have these painful stories or these these things. And it's not even maybe a story. Maybe it's a habit. Maybe mm-hmm. it's um, an addiction. We begin to tell ourselves. And again, I think this is how quickly shame can convince us we got to keep everything in the dark because nobody else has a thing to mm-hmm. share like I do. And we yeah. begin to convince ourselves that we're the only ones when... That's, first of all, untrue across the board. Mm -hmm. Everybody has a thing. Every single person, man, woman, children even, have a thing that we think, oh my gosh, if my friends knew about this, they would abandon me. You know, everything would fall apart Mm -hmm. if anybody knew about this. And I love how you just really graciously assure everybody, like, no, it's not just you. You're not the only one with these stories. Totally true. And you know, when I wanted to write this book and tell my story, like from 20 years ago, people are going to read it and not everyone has experienced an unwanted pregnancy as a 20 year old sophomore in college. But I think that what I wanted to do was to show you that even if this hasn't been your experience, you have something that you have experienced that has been hard, whether it was caused by yourself or caused out of your control, you know, most of my struggles were by my own choices, but I wanted you to see that even if you've had these experiences, here's the difference from that. And, and, you know, like I said, I'm a Christian. And so the book has a lot of faith balancing to it because I just feel as though God says different things about us than we tell ourselves. And so that's another thing that I wanted women to hear or men, if they read, it's just to see like, here's the thing, like you said, here's what we believe about ourselves. But I believe that God is saying, actually, this is how, what I say about you. And I think that's more important than what I feel because my feelings can just be out of whack and off the wall, depending on the time of the month or the stage of life or whatever. But I just want to say, here's the truth. And so I want to build what I feel about myself based on that. Absolutely. And I do think that it is so important. I really do think that we take away the power of shame when we are willing to bring a thing out into the light, because again, yeah. shame is trying to convince us, no, 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 you got to keep this in the dark. You got to keep it covered up. Yeah. Uh-huh. When we can just take like that first step of like, I'm going to be bold. I'm going to have some courage. Even though I'm terrified, I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to bring this yeah. thing out into the light. You're so right. That's when we hear back from God, from our spouse, from our friends, mm-hmm. like, okay, let's deal with this thing. Yeah. Let's talk through this thing or mm-hmm. even just reorient how we're thinking about totally, ourselves. Totally, totally. And you know, I think about that a lot with parenting right now. Like I have just this huge fear just because of nothing has happened that I am aware of, but I'm so afraid of my kids getting hurt mm. in a sexual way. Mm-hmm. And so I, maybe more than other parents, I will talk to my kids about good touch and bad touch. Even like I was laying in bed the other night with my 12 year old son and I went through it all. And he looked at me, he's like, 
mom, why are you doing this? I'm like, I just want you to know <laughs> he was so uncomfortable and embarrassed, I but I wanted him to know if this ever, or you hear about this from anyone, there's nothing to be ashamed of. And it's not your fault because in those kind of situations, and we don't need to go there because a whole nother topic, but you just, you feel shame. Yes. And we feel that until we say it out loud. And so I even want to teach my kids about not just abuse, but all kinds of things of like, when you say it out loud, I'm still going to love you. Mm -hmm. I'm still going to be here for you. And it's going to lose its grip on you. And so we kind of, I think that like you read about from that book earlier and, you know, talking about the garden of Eden, when that first happened and that shame enters, all of a sudden we thought, I can't say it out loud. I need to hide it. Hide, 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 hide. And if you've ever experienced, like I have saying it out loud and you feel almost like a giant truck just came off of your heart as hard as it is to say it, and it might even be embarrassing, it might even have consequences. When it comes off, you literally sigh out loud. You literally go, okay, yes. I did it. Yeah. I did it. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And it can be definitely a really emotional thing. I had a situation where a couple of months ago, I told my husband for the first time ever, we've been married for almost 20 years, I told him about a thing that happened with a boy that I was dating in college right before I started dating him that I had never told anybody on this planet. Wow. Mm -hmm. And it took almost 20 years, but it had become such a big thing in my heart and mind. Every time I thought it, it was causing me pain. <sighs> and so finally felt like I can't hold this in anymore. This is something he needs to know. Anytime my thoughts have gone back to that since then, the pain has been gone. I mean, I'm not saying it's always instant for everybody, but that little cringe of pain mm -hmm. always accompanied thinking about that moment. Now that I have shared it with the person I have the most intimate relationship with right. on the planet, then I, there really has been such freedom and healing in yeah. just speaking it out loud to somebody else. It lost its grip on your heart. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And I love that the subtitle of your book is really, it's about the story of becoming free because it really is the path to freedom for so many of us is to just be afraid and do it anyway. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Yes. And you know, I, I mean, you probably feel like this, even I'm glad that you share that about telling your husband, but even now, I mean, even though I wrote a book about like becoming free and, you know, walking through these things. Goodness gracious, there are things in my life right now that I am reminding myself of the truth daily. I just haven't written it in a book. You know what I mean? And so this doesn't, it's not like a, oh, just say these things and then you're never going to struggle with this again. And I right. wish that was true. Yes. But I think when we start to learn how to handle them and learn to be vulnerable and learn to, okay, I'm going to put my mind back to truth, put my mind back to truth. So I didn't know those things then. And so the grip was so hard and now I fight them more, if so, that makes sense. Oh, it totally makes yeah. sense. It totally mm -hmm. does. And to the great thing about being vulnerable in the context of a trusted relationship, again, whether it's marriage or friendship or church community or whatever, is once you bring it out into the light, sometimes there is a release in just telling a thing that happened, but sometimes the people around you can be like, that must have been very traumatic. What can we do to support you in yeah. healing? And sometimes that means going to counseling. Sometimes that means you know, ending a relationship that is bad or whatever. Like when you say it out loud, you can have other people speak into how can I like support you through whatever needs to happen next based on this thing that you have shared with us. And so yeah. again, sometimes if we just keep it inside, we can, we lose perspective on what we need to find healing from. Totally, totally. Stuff, 
So. Yeah. And it also kind of makes, we think of it as huge. I remember the first time I ever shared my whole story with a new friend. I mean, I was nervous and sweating and like, oh my gosh, what is she going to think about me? And I got done and she was just like, okay. Like it wasn't this huge right. thing to her. Like I had built up in my brain, yes, you know? And so I think we can not only lose perspective, but we kind of can think everyone's going to just leave me and I'm going to be the worst person. Mm-hmm. And that's probably not true. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so good. Well, like I said, this book is really, it's perfect timing. Definitely. I think our community, there are a lot of people here. This message is really going to resonate with them. But Jamie, I also think just in the context of our bigger culture, I think that we're becoming more and more isolated for a variety of reasons. Social media makes it easy to kind of be isolated and not really push forward with real life 3D friendships. Yes. You know, lots of things are happening culturally that make us want to withdraw. And I think that this is the perfect time in our culture at large to have somebody come and speak the truth about the need for us to not stay so withdrawn, to really open up places for vulnerability for ourselves and for the people we're in relationship with. So I'm so excited this book is coming out today. Remind us. Thank you. I have one more question for you, but while we're talking about the book, where can we find the book? Tell us all the things that we need to know about If Only You Knew. Okay. Well, you can get it at jamieivy.com. It's also anywhere you can buy a book, you can find it. But jamieivy.com is where the book is. There's information about the book tour and my podcast. Everything's there. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Well, One of the things that we really focus on around here at Sort of Awesome is being smart and strong and social. And so I'm so curious, is there something in your life right now that is helping you to be smarter or stronger or to be more social? Well, when you mention that, it makes me think about, okay, social friendships. I want to be a better friend. In the past two years, I've started working more. And so my friendships look different and but how can I be a good friend? And one thing that's been helping me a lot is I am a live or die by my calendar type of girl. Like if I don't write it on the calendar, even if you told me about it, it won't happen. I won't be there. I won't show up because I live and die by it. And one thing that's really helping me is when my friends say, Hey, I have this big doctor's appointment on, you know, February 14th. Well, I'm going to write it down on my calendar because I can then be a better friend to them because I can remember. And then it doesn't stress me out when, you know, a week later they tell me about their visit. And I thought, Oh my gosh, I forgot. I didn't even think about you or reach out to you. So I'm trying to be the friend who, when someone says, man, will you pray for me? I've got this big appointment. Sure. And I'm gonna put on my calendar. Um, or I try to put down, I have a couple of friends who have lost parents in the last couple of years. And I like to put down the day that they lost someone that they super loved their parent. And so then when that comes along that year, I see it on my calendar when I look ahead of my week and I send them an email or I send them a card, you know? And so that is a kind of a techie way that helps me to be a better friend, but it works for someone like me. I love that. And Jamie, I mean, that's the most ESFJ answer I could have possibly imagined <laughs> you giving. <laughs> That is so funny. You know, it always comes back to personality types. With yes, me. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> but no, I love that. I'm the same way. If I don't write it down, it literally didn't happen. It never existed. It, it's gone. And so even if we had a long conversation about it, I won't remember unless yes. I write it down. Yes. Yes. Yep. Love it. Uh-huh. Love it. Well, thank you. I know you are doing so much talking and you are spreading the message of this book everywhere. Thank you for taking time to come to Sorta Awesome and talk about this book. You guys go find it. It's on Amazon. You can go to jamieivy.com and find all the places. Go see Jamie on her book tour. How fun is fun. that? It'd be lots of fun. Yes, totally. Jamie, thank you so much for taking the time to come today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see y'all next time. 
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.